Okay, welcome everyone. We are in Chelek Aleph, Perek Hamishi. We were in the end of Ois Aleph. So far, the Ramchal has said that there's two types of things in the world. Ruchniyistik things and Gashmiyistik things. And he said that amongst the Ruchniyistik things, so there's two types. There's Kaychais and there's Neshamais. No, there's three types. Kaychais, Malachim and Neshamais. Um, and, <clears throat> and did I just mix something up here? No, okay. So... He said, now he's going to move that there's uh, something that's an in-between. It's an in-between of Gashmi and Ruchni. Not a blend, but uh, uh, it, it's Metzius is a darga between Ruchnis and Gashmis. V'ulam nimsa min echad is a type of creation. Shu kemayim bein Ruchni v'Gashmi. It's like an in-between of Ruchnis and Gashmis. V'hainu... What that means is Shabemes Eno Morgish Mechushenu. It's we can't sense it with our senses, at least under normal circumstances. Vidgam Eno Nigvol, it doesn't have the Gvulim, Bechol Gvul Hagasham of Gashmias, Hamorgish, Vachukov, things which are able to be sensed, and it doesn't follow that nature. The Gemara says that it's they 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 can fly from one end of the world to the other. Which means they're not bound by time, uh, they're not bound by space, it seems, and and um, they have again these they don't uh, they don't necessarily have bodies all the time, or at least not ones that we can sense. But however, ruchni, they're called not properly ruchnius because they don't have the normal rules of gashmis. But they're not like Malachim either. Even though they have certain features that make them like Malachim. That is, they die, they eat, they procreate. So they're very much like normal living things. Um, except that their bodies are not physical. So, um, so let's say we would... They, um, Energy is a physical thing that doesn't have a body. It doesn't follow the normal rules of physicality. Right? They're not even as spiritual as energy is. And as energy doesn't die. Energy doesn't procreate. Energy doesn't propagate. Energy is conserved. It always stays the same. In that way, energy is more malachdik and spiritual than, than a shade is. It makes it more rachnistic? It makes it less like normal physical things. So it would be closer to being confused with physical. So Ramchal is saying that, it seems, that they're not really in between. They're, they're physical, they're regular physical things with certain irregularities in their physicality. But, um, but, but they, they, they would fall really pr- properly, they would fall into the realm of the physical. Um, and the Yishlam Chukim Pratim, they have their own... Uh, rules of how they work and they have their own limits and, and boundaries of what they can and cannot do again it's not a free for all in the world of, of Shadim they can't do whatever they want they have a nature that's uh, like uh, and different ones have different natures like different animals have different natures different abilities different capabilities but 
but in general, they're, again, a more spiritual form of a physical thing. The Nikrozahamin, this, this type is called Hashadi, the, the species or the, the category of Shadim, Shuhum and Shadim, because it includes Shadim, and that's the only thing that's in that group. So that's the name of the group. What does it mean? What does what mean? What does the word mean? A shade? It's just a name. I do not it's know. Um, the the uh, I I had a, th- a thought. So we know that shadim used to be more active than they are now. Certainly more uh, more. They interacted with humanity much more. I, I was wondering. The, the Gemara says that one of the signs of shadim, if you could see them, would be that they have three a, a three toed foot. So viruses have a three toed foot. And viruses are also not, uh, they're not, uh, they're not pushed. In other words, the Hainu Kifiha Halacha, they're considered, they're, they're considered to not exist, the virus. Because it's in an early name. So in Halacha, anything that's caused by a virus is not called being caused by the virus. It just happens. Um, I was wondering if viruses can be identified with, with uh, Shadim, and they fit a lot of what seems to be the same things that we say about Shadim. And what, what, you know, as, as the world, as the Hester problem of the world became greater, and Hashem was taking more and more things and not doing them B'derech Neis, or B'derech ruch, Open Ruchnis, but doing them Nislavish B'Gashmias, perhaps what used to be something that was more uh, morgish as being, you know, something you can interact with, got uh, toned down to being viruses. It's a thought. Um, the problem is with this idea is that if all the things the Gemara tells us help the shade don't work for virus. For example, having more people together. Having more people together doesn't work for virus. Yeah, I guess again. Uh, no, no. The I know, the I know that that they usually stay away in that case. Well, night and day. Right, but I know, I know now. Now that we again, if they've been physicalized so to speak. So then it's going to go with its own rules. You know, so there may be specific shadim that work this way as opposed to that way. Maybe we would call these very aggressive shadim who are not mavchin ben yon belayla, mavchin ben many people to a few people. It would be... I hear. Again, I, I just... The, 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 it's the three-toed point that struck me as interesting. The, the, in, in science, not that it matters for anything, it's mamish just a made-up classification, but science doesn't really have a clear handle on whether to call them living or not. Like we're saying, we don't know whether they're physical or not. Science, uh, there's officially five things you need for, for uh, to be classified as alive, and they, only, they don't sa- fully satisfy all categories. They can't reproduce on their own. They have to use a host in order to reproduce and uh, you know, hijack that, the, that, that system, etc. So... It was a thought. I, 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 I just putting it out there. Um, so ve'ulam gamhu yischalik leprotim achodim. This this group called shadim is split into many pieces. She yoshva min haklali sug legabeihem vehem minim elav. They all fall into the category of shadim, but there, again, there's many many groups within that category called shade. Um, the, he's not giving us a lot of uh, information on Shadim. And there's an interesting uh, morale in, in Beragoylo 
The morale says, uh, to the extent that I can understand that, because morale is a little hard to read for me. So he, he says like this. He says that Hashem, when Hashem made the world, this is Hashem in a few places, so Hashem, um, so to speak, if, um, I want to say I'm explaining this correctly. Obviously Hashem is directly the creator of everything. But he had, so to speak, a plan. The Iker part of the plan is, in his example, the eyeball. Hashem wanted you to have an eye. Hashem didn't, according to this, his way of saying it, didn't particularly plan to have an eyelid. The eyelid is a mamela. It's, it's there to further the purpose of the eyeball. It's not there for itself. You don't have an eyelid in order to have an eyelid. You have an eyelid so your eye could be protected and washed and cleaned and do all the things that eyelids do. So it's a secondary, it's a tuffle. The ichor is the eye, and the eyelid is secondary. So zot the morale that if Hashem would have made an unhesterdika world, if Hashem would have done things just, if He wanted everything to be open, there would be no such thing as an ichor and a tuffle. Hashem would do, He would make an eye that includes within the function of the eye everything it needs. But in order to create a Hestedeka world, because he's creating a Hestedeka world, so Hashem created things in this, uh, in, in a, in a build-up manner, that is a primary and then a secondary. That's what he says. So the morale says then that, um, he says that Shadim, that's what Shadim are. He says, just like in the physical world, there are primary beings and secondary beings. Animals are not here for themselves, they're here for us. A secondary being. So the eyelid on a cow is like secondary to a secondary to a secondary, right? The eye is just there for the cow, the eyelid is just there for the cows, for the eye of the cow, which is only there for you, etc. So Shadim are a secondary element of the spiritual world. The spiritual world has what it has. And then there are certain things that come along, so to speak, and fill in the blanks. Hashem creates the primary what He wants of that world, and then it needs to be it needs to be populated. So throw a few of these, throw a few of these, and from that's that's where Shadim arises from. So He says, therefore, the, the in in His morale is very into numbers as concepts. Um, so the number one represents perfection. That that's the absolute creation of Hashem. When you have one of something like we discussed once, it can't be there can't be any concern in. It. If you say there's a chesar, it's because you already have an idea in your head what that thing is supposed to look like. So that's the one. One is usually conceptual. And two represents that there's a, there's a steps process. So the number that Shadam like is two or any multiple of two. And it doesn't mean they just like the number. It means whenever you do things in a way that creates dulti, so then that gives room for Shadam to have a shlita. Masha'enkin, whenever you land on something that is uneven, so there's a one that's left over, in, that should remind you that there's a one, and that everything gets traced back to that one. And in that case, Shaden don't even have a place, they don't exist. If they would, if Hashem would do things directly, so there wouldn't be such a thing as Shaden. So, therefore, it says, uh, his Lashon is, it says that someone says, Kriya Shema. So it's Kicher Pfias Biadam. So it says, Pafia is a sword that has a sharp side. 
So that means there's a primary part to the sword, the blade, and then there's the backside, which is just there because you need to have some other, you can't just have a point. So, but if you have a, a two-pointed sword, it means the whole sword is to the purpose of sorting, of being a sword. So that represents the idea of one. This is when you say Shema and you bring everything back to the one of Hashem, so then that's like having a sword that's all sword and doesn't have any secondary part. And that's why uh, Kriya Shema is very effective against Shaitan. Okay. Um, if we, so you can explain why we care about Shaitan? Why we, why we care about them? Why do we care about uh, no, uh, wild animals? No, anything that's going to help us serve. In what capacity are they going to help us serve? I don't know. I'm saying in what capacity does a hippopotamus help you serve? That you by not going on a safari and walking near the hippopotamus because they're very dangerous animals. And, and obviously, they, they're part of the ecosystem. Shadim, certainly when they were active, were part of the ecosystem. There was, there was, they, you know, they interacted and that was, that was what created the environment. And it was something to watch out for and something that you needed to have schism for. And it was, it, it was one of the factors in a person's life that they had to take into account. Tuesday nights, yeah, you, you stayed indoors. Friday nights, you stayed indoors. And uh, it was just part of what made up your world. This particular purpose that they have is that's like anything else. But um, I'm saying it's like a little funny when we're when we're trying to discover now he's our is. No, he's our, not. Now he's he's categorizing, he's categorizing. This is just putting things in boxes. So he's saying this. This box is that box. What he's trying to get to is to say there's a unique creation, which is the next paragraph. There's there's a creation that's unique. And that is because it's a blend between Ruchnes and Gashmias. Shadim are not a blend between Ruchnes and Gashmias. They are a Gashmias that, that lacks certain aspects of Gashmias. And the, Ramchal, the, the Maral seems to say like more part of the spiritual world. The Ramchal is saying they're part of the physical world. But they just lack certain aspects of physicality. But they do not have an element that is spiritual which is attached to their physical. It's just their physical is not fully physical. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's a unitary thing with certain characteristics that make it similar to spiritual, certain characteristics that make it spirit, similar to physical. There is something which is separate and unique, and that is min ha'adam. The min here doesn't mean from, it means species. Min ha'adam, the species of man, levada, is alone unique in the entire creation. He's a combination of the two types of creation. Which are, these two creations are totally separate from each other. They are in no way alike. And yet they are fused together. The Neshama, which is from the upper world. It's a spiritual thing completely. And the lowly guf, which is completely Gashmias. And then, they're fused together. You don't find that by anything. Shaydin don't, when a shade, it's not like a shade has a goof that he takes on and puts off and he has a neshama, so, and the neshama is stronger in him than it is in his goof, so he's more ruchnius than we are. No. He's a thing. And he's a thing with a certain type of mixed, uh, that, 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 a mixed nature. We, however, are a full goof with a full neshama blended into each other. So that's something different. Um, it means we're attached to two worlds. Now he says, you have to be careful here. That you don't start 
They're mixing things together that don't belong together. Shaloi sito lachshag. You shouldn't make a mistake and think shehe inyan shar habalei chayim kinyanodim. You'll say, what do you mean? Every animal has a neshama, otherwise it would be dead. So every animal is a blend between a ruchnis and a gashmis. This is not so. Ki ein nefesh habalei chayim elodover gashmi. The neshama or the nefesh, as it's more properly called, of a of an animal is a physical thing. It's the most uh, fine of refined of all the physical things. And that life force is more spiritual-ish than, than a shade even is, let's say. A shade also has a life force, because it can die. But, but, but then the body of a shade is, let's say. It's more, it's more spiritual-ish than that. But it's still gashmias. It's not part of the physical world. It's not a neshama that comes down min and gets put into the animal and taken away when the animal dies. And something like that nefesh that, that animates animals, that makes them be alive, also exists in a man. Since the, 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 the body part of man is an animal. So it has that also. Now it doesn't mean it's the same. It's different. The nefesh that's in a human is different than the nefesh that's in an animal. And the, 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 the Ramban says there's three, there's three types of nefeshites that are in a person. There's a growing one that just makes him be alive. Then there's one that gives him a sense of seichel. And then there's the, the, the neshama one that, that allows him to, be, that is the spiritual one. So... Even there's there's something more there or something more let's call it or more more spiritual in a human than there is in an animal, and and if we go the Tanya even says that that within Yidin that part comes with good midas attached to it. It's different by Yid than it is by a guy. Certainly than it is by a cow, and by a guy it's different than what it is by a cow also, but it's still physical. Omnam Zulaza, aside from that animating force, the life force, which is part, again, it doesn't mean that there's some way you could touch it. The, there was, a, you know, famously some doctor who said, I dissected a human from head to toe, and there's no place, I did not find a place for the Nishama. It's so crazy that intelligent people make statements like that. You, I'm, it's not a physical thing. Where, where did you think you were going to find a place? You found that you thought there was going to be a little box that's just open here and find Nishama? You're a Nishagana. No one's claiming that's a physical thing, right? But um, you also didn't find the spot of the energy of the person. But it's there. You found the thing that holds it, right? Certain parts, molecules within the, within the cell are what hold the energy. You found certain ways that the energy is stored, but energy itself you don't find. And so too, you're not going to find, you're not going to find an ajam or an nefesh. But the nefesh is there and it's a physical creation that doesn't have a body. Doesn't have a fit, that doesn't have a typically physical component. Um, but then there's something else. And that's something else. Shehi, a neshama al min bria is its own creation. completely separate from the guf. Right? We speak about neshamas that are up in Shemaim, that haven't come down yet. There's no such thing as a life that hasn't come down yet. Life is, a, is an aspect of being uh, uh, the, the body part of the person. It comes together with the body. But a neshama is a separate thing. And so what happens then? 
Rachim and Amayit, it's extremely different than the body. Shabbat, it comes down, and it gets attached to the body. Only through the Gzera because there's no other way it can happen. And the purpose of that is for what we discussed in all the program leading up to here. So that man should be pulled in two different directions equally, and they should be able to make a Bechira between them, should be able to earn a Zalem Haba, come close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and have a real, a real enjoyment of Elam Haba. But this is what makes man unique, is that he is a, a, a blend of two things instead of being one thing. Neshamois only are uh, uh, malachim, are malachim. They don't have any other pull. They have one nature, and it pulls them in whatever way it pulls them, and that's what they do. Koichais, uh, they don't even have a nature, they're not uh, sentient, so to speak. They don't have a personality. Um, they have no sense, it's Brodan Svarim, of being separate from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Um, but they also have their rules and their nature, and they do what they do. Shaydim have a nature, and they do what they do. They do not have two poles. They don't have a pull to spiritual... Now, Ashmedai is destructive, uh, wantonly so sometimes, it seems, just, you know, because he can and because he doesn't care. And yet he goes and learns Torah and Shemayim, and he tries to help Tzadikim, but that's all because he's just, he has an intelligence that drives him to do certain things. He is not pulled between two poles. He's not schizophrenic. He's not bipolar. Not schizophrenic. Not bipolar. He doesn't have one thing pulling him this way and one thing pulling him this way and he needs to choose between them. He is pulled sometimes to do good things and sometimes to do bad things based on the situation. But he just follows the pull. He doesn't make choices. Because we are a blend of two different poles, so we get pulled in two different directions. We on one hand get pulled to Gashmias, and, and it's extremely, extremely difficult to ever escape that, the gravity of Gashmias. And on the other hand, we get pulled to a Ruchnias, and it's extremely difficult to escape the pull of Ruchnias. And a person can try and try and try and try and try, and they still have a conscience, and they still feel bad about certain things, and they still feel empty inside when they don't do things, and they still feel a need for meaning. I saw a, 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 a speech that was given by some SS guy, uh, I think uh, uh, Himmler, um, and he, he says the world doesn't understand the Messias Nefesh that we had to kill out all the Jews and how hard it was and how we had, it was so hard for us to stay, menschl- to keep our menschl- kite, even though we were killing so many people and it just because it had to be done and, and, and has to show them that we would take any, uh, if we find out that someone took a cigarette from them, that, that, that person's life is forfeit. And I heard that there are some we're going to take care of it. Because the money all went straight to the state. Chas v'sholom that we should be touched. And how hard this was. So he's busy just, he feels, he's not animal. He's not capable, he is an animal basically. But he's not capable of feeling like one. He has to justify to himself that what I'm doing is the right thing. Why? Because he also has someplace in him a spiritual component. That, now it's, it's very detached and whatever it is by going, it's different. But... But that pulls him, and he can't get away from it. Can't get away from it. Shaitan don't have that. Ashbadai, when he knocks down a house, doesn't, have any, doesn't feel the need to justify knocking down a house sometimes. Uh, he just, of course, that's what I feel, because I felt like it, whatever. And certainly other Shaitan don't. Ashbadai is an extremely intelligent shade, so to speak. And give it a shade with human-ish or characteristics. But again, he's not pulled in different ways. He's just pulled wherever he's pulled, and that's what he does. What causes the pull? That's the, the way Hashem created it. Which, 
No, like a, a cow has a, a pull to eat and has a pull to sleep. So whichever one at the time is working more strongly, that's the one he follows. But he doesn't debate between them and he doesn't sin. Yeah, I'm taka tired, but if I don't eat, right? Or if he does, whatever, because that, that's part of the drive of eating. But he doesn't have different poles that are pulling him. He just has a few drives that were implanted within him and he follows them as they go. We have two poles that are in different directions of totally different types, two different types of things, and we can choose between them. Um, but they're both pulling. And they're both pulling all the time. Okay, so now he's going to go back to, mostly he's going to now get back into Ruchnis to Kazak stuff. Now he, he's still, again, putting things in boxes. Hanevroim Agashmin, physical things, Yoduim Hematzleinu, we know about them. We know their rules, their, their natures, the rules that they follow, the natural ones. It's, they're well known. You know, it's, that's what science studies, various chemistry, biology, physics, etc. Tells you the rules of how physical things will act and react. And, and they are valid for the human body as well. The, the, the physical part of a human follows all the regular physical rules of chemistry, biology, and physics. Ach, um, however, haruchniyim ef shalonu litzayir in yonam We have no way of even imagining their nature well, because, as we mentioned way back in the beginning of this series, everything we know and think about is because we've experienced it. We can only think about things that we've experienced. And the only way we experience anything is with our five senses. Because Ruchnistic things don't have any connection to our five senses, so we have no way of imagining them. Anything about them. We can't, we don't have words to describe them because all our words are attached to ideas that we've experienced. And when someone else experiences that idea, we say, that's that word. And now we can use the word to share the idea between us, but it's only once we both experienced it. Or something like it, and I could say, you know, it's like that. But when you have something which neither one of us has experienced, so you can't even have a word for it. I mean, you can make up words. We'll say, this word is for something we've never experienced. And this word is for a different something we've never experienced. But then we have no way of differentiating between them which one is which because we've never experienced them. Right? So in any way. So we'd be stuck. So you have a big problem. They're outside the bounds of our imagination. So since we have no way really of talking about them much, no way of imagining them. You can't apply logic to them because all our logical constructs are based on our experience. And if something is totally out of the realm of experience at all, so then you can't speak logically about it. You can't say how it should act and how it probably acts. And it's mistoma like this because you don't know. It has no, right? You could say, if, you know, when you see a, a very, very large rock, you could say it's probably very heavy. Right? Because you, you, you feel the type of material it is. You see that it's not hollow, it's so much. And you know you have experience with things like that, and you know that they're heavy, and so you can make an assumption this is probably heavy too. But if you see something that's about fustig, so you can't say it's probably, and, and it's very uh, zoig, so then you can't say that about fustig, that zoig is probably heavy. Because you don't know what fustig is, you don't know what zoig is, and everything becomes meaningless. And even if you'd say it's a big bafustig, you wouldn't know if that's, if by bafustigs, big is a reason to be heavy. Because you don't know what a bafustig is. So, you're stuck. So, but, what we can do is, 
we know certain things about them, not because we've experienced it, but here, even though he said he doesn't want, um, uh, uh, he, said, he said at the beginning of the Sefer that the things that he's going to say from our Messiah, there usually is a way to logically prove them. That's true when he talks about things that are part of this world, the physical world. Then they follow the normal logic, so you could logically prove this flows from that. And anytime even the spiritual world starts interacting with this world, so there's a logic to how that interaction happens too. But, but, um, but what, when you're talking about the spiritual world as, a, as spiritual entities on their own, so then you can't go with logic, there's no logic, but we do have a Messiah on how they work. And that's the Messiah of the Kabbalah and, and, and other places. And therefore, that's where he's going to draw the following bits of information from. One of the major principles that we have in regarding this whole topic of spiritual things, who? Corresponding to anything you have in the physical world, you have above um, transcendent forces. That from them, it there's a uh, trickle-down effect, um, or really... Uh, 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 progression. Yeah, progression, let's say. Um, the and it comes out, according to a pattern that is um, decreed by Hashem. Um, those physical things... And all their rules do not happen in a vacuum. It's because that's, what, that's what's represented about them in the upper worlds. So again, for this, the, the, the um, programming versus what you're going to see on the screen, Marshall, is a very good Marshall for the way this works. Right? The program does not look anything. It's not, in the shape, it's not a bunch of zeros and ones in the shape of what's going to come out to the screen. It's its own language. And, but it, following a set of instructions of how the computer is supposed to interpret those zeros and ones, it eventually becomes what you see on the screen. And it can be properly said that they're linked to each other. Those zeros and ones become the pattern of electrons, either on or off, that is going to pass through the wire, be hit a sensor, be interpreted and projected a certain way onto the screen. And it's all that program that's coming out on the screen. And just at each step along the way, the program goes from less from being information to more being something uh, in the physical world. Now, the, the muscle somewhat breaks down is that when you have it on the screen, it, it's sort of takazai. But if you would actually make it into a 3D world, there would have to be a point... Uh, but let's say if you make it a hologram that way. So it's telling you emit light in a, certain, in a certain way. Again, the light source would have to be something which is really separate from the programming. And it would be telling it, tell that light emitting thing. To, and here it's not that way. Here what happens is, is that the, the koyach becomes more and more transformed as it continues to move its way down until it becomes a physical thing. That creates the physical no, thing? No. It, 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 it becomes it the physical thing. It manifests as the physical thing. But it doesn't, it doesn't manifest as in uh, 
it's over there, and then something manifests over here. It, it literally is that becomes at its point that very physical thing. And the physical thing is completely dependent and, and um, manifests the way it does only because of what's going on in the Kayach, which eventually is coming down into this world as the physical thing. Even though Kayach is one Bria and, and, and physical things... That physical things, another Bria, another bria that, 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 it's that they get linked at some point and, and they plug into each other. So to speak. Was, was each one a neighbor that got linked, or was yeah. one a neighbor that, um, that that its rule? Was it sounds like what he's saying is is that the way that physical things are created is by taking a kayach and tumbling it down until it at its at its bottom it transforms into a physical thing. Um, again, uh, why is this not? Why is this not, let's say, a violation of being a blend of two things? Because it's not. It's just the various elements of the Kayach have different natures. You know, the, the Kayach, when it's in its pure form up here, has, reacts a certain way. When it's over here, it reacts a certain way. When it's over here, it reacts a certain way. When it's over here. And when it's down here in the physical world, it follows certain physical rules. But again, there's, no, there's not a blend within the physical world of two different things. It's one set of rules that it's following. It's following the set of rules of... Physical things. It, what is it? It's at its root a spiritual thing, but that spiritual thing is following the physical rules now because that's what it means to be a physical thing. It but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't, nothing happens to it because it has a spiritual root except that it's affected by that spiritual, by what's happening to that spiritual root. Nothing happens to the spiritual root because it's in the physical world except that when something physical is done to it, it it uh, it uh, it uh, sends shockwaves up the system, but there isn't a two directional pull. The physical element doesn't pull the rest of it down. The spiritual element doesn't pull the, the physical element up. That it's just, uh, uh, so to speak, like if you'd have a long um, cone, and you'd put the bottom into uh, it was a non um, okay. I don't know how this would mamish happen. You put the the bottom into glue. So the bottom would have glue on it. It doesn't in any way affect the top, it, it, except that when you pull, it's hard to pull. Of course, it's over there, but it doesn't... Uh, and the, and the, the, the unglued part at the top doesn't in any way affect the glued part at the bottom. It, it, this has glue on it, that doesn't have glue on it. Um, by humans, it's not that way. Within the, in the physical world, there's an ashama that is completely spiritual. It hasn't become physical. It's just bound to physicality. Your neshama it seems, is on a much higher madrega than the, than the koichais which have become physicalized. A baby in the mother's stomach. It's physical. Without the... What, that, what's neshama, the, the neshama's learning Torah? Neshama. I mean, the neshama is there. The neshama there already? Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know where it is. If it's in the baby, floating around the baby, but uh, but Pasha's just inside. The point is a creation without the neshama. It's called an animal. But we're not treating of. Yeah, no, no. Baby so the stomach has so why does it not have the neshama? Yet? I don't know where the neshama is at that point. According to the song from Rabbi David, it's still up in Shemayim, but. But I don't know if that's... Uh, no, I'm saying it could be they did some research before they wrote it. And, and the, the author of the song is uh, someone who is a thoughtful person. 
So it could be you checked it out, but um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. So, so, so. Um, it just seems from the way the way you're learning it up over here, they sort of are going to work in tandem almost. What? The Gashmias. That the Neshama is, 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 is right behind, right behind the Gulf. The Neshama? What do you mean? The Ruchni, the Ruchni is of a person. Ruchni is of a person is not, uh, again, the, the, a person's body follows this rule too. That means your body comes at its root from some Koyach that represents your body and eventually comes out as a body. That's not a Neshama. Correct. A Neshama is on... Related to, no, 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 that's separate. And the Neshama is closely related to this Gulf and they're both... The Neshama is unencumbered. It, it's it's unguffed. It's its own thing. Yeah, and I it doesn't it. become physicalized by being put into a guf unless you start doing that to your Neshama. He mentioned earlier it's possible to make your Neshama into something more physical, but that's only by doing so. That's not, that's not by its, uh, its... It's not as it comes into the person, it's com- it retains completely its spiritual nature. As opposed to Koychos, which when they manifest in the physical world retain no aspect of their spiritual nature and only um, are physical. Koychos start off, it sounds like, again, I'm not an expert in these, I'm not even a non-expert in these things, I don't really know them, but it sounds from the Ramchal like the Shoyrish of Koychos is considered to be higher than, and it's Koychos at their ultimate form is from a higher place than a Nisham is. Because a Nisham is a Bria, and Koychos in their highest form are not Briyas. They, they're not called Briyas. They're, they're emanations of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They're the aura of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They're not a Briya. But in a, in a lower form, they get put into like a, some sort of shell of that is a Briya. And that's why he's referring to them that way. But, and they eventually um, come out in this physical form. The, it, interestingly, the word, not interestingly, for this reason, in, in Lashon Kodesh, which talks about the, the inner nature of things, the word Dover thing, and, and Dibur, to speak, are the same. Same word. Same Shurish. Because they're the same thing. The name of something is the thing. It's not just that it properly names the thing. In other words, um, Loshon Kodesh is considered unique in that it, it, it describes the essence of things. But it's really not unique. Um, chemical language also describes the essence of things. When you say uh, hydrochloride, so you're saying that it is, it is something that's made of a chlorine atom and a, and a, a hydrogen atom. When you, when you say uh, hydrogen peroxide, so that's a description. That's not just a name of something. That means this thing, if you break it down to its lowest level, has one hydrogen per oxide for every oxygen there. If you say, right, uh, you know, uh, H2O, so that's, right, et cetera, carbon dioxide. So there's one carbon molecule for every two oxygen molecules. So it's a description of what you have. But the description is not causative. It is, it's not that you have little C's floating around and they connect to little O's that are floating around. There are atoms floating around. We gave those atoms names. This type of atom we called a carbon atom. This one we called an oxygen atom. And, the, and then we, you, we take that and we describe what we're seeing by giving it this name, uh, uh, a carbon dioxide. In, in, in Lush and Kodesh, it's not that way. It's that the letters themselves 
the emanations of the letters themselves become the physical item. And, and it becomes, it's as if you took, uh, just again, it wouldn't mamish be, it wouldn't mamish be the zak. Let's say there was a, a puff of smoke shaped like a shin. And you would very quickly, quickly enough that you could do it using a non-permeable material, some stack rubber, wrap it around the smoke. Right? So obviously the smoke would get compressed, but, um, you know, again, if you smash down the smoke into very tight pieces, and it was the shape of a shin, and then you start layering on top, layering on top, layering on top, layering on top, so you, this very hard that I could touch shin is a shin. Now, what a shin actually is, is even more. It's not smoke. It's something even less physical than smoke. It's not physical at all. But it's a koyach. It's an aura which becomes physicalized, physicalized, physicalized to an, in an infinite progression because that's what it would take to go, you know, there is no number that would get you from spiritual to physical because there's no connecting point. But, that, I mean, that's what Hishtalshalus is. That's what the Kabbalah is very busy with Hishtalshalus. I don't know what it answers. But it's, how do you get from spiritual to physical? But you do. At some point, you cross the Rubicon and you go, there's a tipping point where you go from being something, a very, very low level spiritual to being a very, very high level physical. And, and life is, as he's saying, is a very high level physical, very spiritual type of physical. And then there's a very, this dashpa that comes through the stars, a very, very, very low level spiritual and at some point those two things meet and they transform and it goes it clicks from one to the other it becomes physical and now it becomes now you can start wrapping already layers on top of it and now you have a cow and what is a cow a cow is a shinvav resh a, 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 a beautiful conceptual example of this although it's not the thing right it, it's the 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 letter in in lushan koides that represents man is Zion. So, why? So, not just because it's the first letter on Zohar. A Zion is a weapon. Zaydi Zion. What? Zaydi Zion. Zaydi? That's what they teach in that Oh, yeah? Zaydi Zion. Okay. So, because bent, squiggled. Zion is a weapon, and Zion, to Zion, means to provide. So, a man is the protector and provider. He's a Zion. The letter that represents Lashon Kodesh, women, is Gimel. Not just because it doesn't represent anything, but the word Gimel, if you use it as a word instead of as a letter, is Goimel, which has a dual meaning to provide from yourself and to wean off of that provisions, which is what a mother is supposed to do. She raises the children and gets them that, to be independent. The letter that connects two things in Lashon Kodesh is a vav, not just because it means and, in other words, it's used to connect, but that's what a vav is. A vav is a hook, which is a thing that connects two things together. So if you wanted to say, take a man and connect him to a woman, well, how would you say that? You would say it, Zayin vav gimel. Zug. And that's what a zug is. A zug is a pair of two complementary things that go together. Zivig is not just a word that describes the getting together of a husband and a man. It is, it is by its, by its, it's not just, a, it's not just a word that describes the thing, it is, again, that's not causative yet, but it also, in each of its parts, ends up describing the things that happen because it brings out that, that's why the descriptions work. Um, and there's many, many examples of that in Lashon Kodesh, and really, it's not just many examples. 
Everything is an example of that in Lashon Kaidish. You just have to know how to do it. Ramesh Shapiro, one of his big avoiders, was tracing these connections between... To do it when it's obvious is easy. Right? Um, to say, you know, that, well, the connection between Reish and Reishi is easy. Right? One is my head and one is head. That's why they connect. Yes, because talking about the same thing. Sometimes you have things that do not seem to be talking about the same thing. For example, the word for leash in Lashon Kodesh is a shear. Shinyad Reish. And the word for song is a shear. What's the connection between those two? They must be connected. Right? So we do know that that Nagina has a tremendous kayacham shachan and pulls people. And, and like this, what I'm saying, you become connected to the one who made the song or sung the song when you listen to it. And, and that's why there is this connection between them. But, but it, it, again, we're understanding that it's even deeper than that, is that it's actually, it's the spiritual manifesting as the physical. And that's what happens. In, okay, so that's what he's describing here. Um, it comes out These spiritual forces Are the root Literally like a root is to a plant It provides the nourishment It is a part of the plant Just an underground part of the plant A non-visible part of the plant A differently functioning part of the plant But a part of the plant nonetheless so here it's planted upside down. It's hanging gardens. The root is in Shemayim, sucking down the spiritual nutrients which are what cause everything to happen in this world and channeling it down to the bud which sprouts in the physical world. Um, they are the, the leaves and the results of those kaychos. And they're connected to each other like the wrong, like the links in a chain. <clears throat> Again, links in a chain are basically unconnected with only one point of contact. So that's how these things are. There, there's basically each, um, each uh, part of this progression downwards is its own uh, world. And if you, you could study it independently, basically, of everything else, there'll just be a tiny point at which it connects to the thing above it, and you can easily miss that. And, and just study it as an independent being, and, and, and it basically functions like one, except that there's a point of connection, that, um, which is where everything comes from. Right? So, uh, you know, again, someone can, someone can take apart a computer that has, a, you know, and it, well, that's receiving, let's say, a Wi-Fi signal. So you could, you, you'd be able to see the sensor, You'd be able to see all the guts of the computer and everything and what's coming out on the screen and without ever... And you, you'd be able to fully analyze the computer without, no, without being able to sense or see or anything about the source of the signal, certainly. And even to be able to measure the, the information that's passing through the Wi-Fi ether, you just study it when it hits this world. And that's what scientists do. They do it either better or worse. Where they go amok is by insisting that all that exists is what they are studying. And to say, yeah, I see tons of information pouring into this computer that clearly does not originate within the computer. And say, no, everything's coming from within a closed system. So where's all this information coming from? <clears throat> That's what computers do. They generate information and they, it evolves within them. In a vast, complex amounts of 
information evolve within the computer. And if you say, what about this piece of information that, that is, it can't evolve within the computer because it references things that are not computer-ish, such as this, you know, if someone's doing input, intelligent input, and we don't have any source of intelligence like that within computer, it, it, it's non... So they'll say that, either they'll say, it's in your imagination, it's not really such a zach, or they'll say, it's your imagination, it's not really such a zach, or some other version of that, right? and that's what they do. They say whenever you point out things that there's no place for the information, so where does life arise from? They say it's a very good question. I am confident that one day we will find an answer to it within the computer. Right? And where is that information that's clearly coming outside the computer come from? It's coming some way from in the computer. And we'll one day find it. Right? And if suddenly, while the scientists are busy studying the computer, it starts typing up, Hello, Api Carson, believe in me, here I am sending a message to you. Yeah, I don't know, sometimes I'm hallucinating, they'll drink some more coffee or whatever it is, or go to sleep for the day. Obviously, you know, my, this work is getting to me. And that's it. And, and someone who is invested in not believing that there is an outside source of information, so there's, you're never going to be able to prove it to them. Because they'll just say, it's, I don't have an explanation yet, but I believe, I believe, right, true believers, that it comes from someplace within the system. Okay. I can't.